Hi, and welcome to Just a GP. You are here with the COVID-19 special. We've teamed up with the Good GP podcast to create a series of podcasts that are short, relevant and important. Now, a quick disclaimer at the beginning, this is taped the 17th of March at 12 midday, and this is a rapidly evolving space and things do change quickly. So please keep up to date. Today you're here with your usual team, Dr. Beck Hoffman, Ashley Broomfield and Charlotte Hespie. We're joined by Wally Jamal, who's here to talk to us about the systems and system changes that are needed over the next few weeks. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Hello. Hi. So we usually start with our highlight of the week, and I'd like to just do a very quick whip around of what everyone's highlight of perhaps the last 24 hours have been. Ash, you've had a special 24 hours. What was your highlight? My highlight was learning to work from home because I'm in the healthcare exclusion having gone down with what's probably going to be the the common cold, but I've been able to trial the telehealth item numbers for the last 24 hours whilst awaiting my swabs. So you're now the remote home telehealth expert queen. And can I say it's actually a lot more difficult than it sounds? <laughs> Yeah, it's just getting your head around what it looks like. So I'll pop in there and do my highlight. My highlight was trying to be normal. So I've been making cheese as a result of the wellbeing weekend away. And as of this morning, I finished all the process and I brined two lovely pats of halloumi. It's amazing. Two blobs of cheese from four litres of milk. That sounds delicious, Charlotte. We've got to try it. I love halloumi. <laughs> well, so do I. I'm, I'm very, very excited. <laughs> You know, the most dangerous thing about learning to make things from home is that you can make it from home. <laughs> well, you know, we need something to do when I get my 14-day exclusion zone. <laughs> yeah, no, look, I suppose in the last, what, 24 hours? It's been a long 24 hours. Um, being at work, obviously, I mean, seeing the actual, the whole practice come together to try and sort of work out and change the way we do business is quite amazing. I mean, we've been obviously interacting a hell of a lot over the last couple of weeks about it, but they've really rallied around and we're having sort of all sorts of things like morning, morning huddles, lunchtime huddles and receptionist stepping up and offering to help out with this and that. It's been absolutely wonderful to watch it. So I'm going to interrupt, even though I'm not the main host today, Wally, because I think you need to define what is a huddle because you might know what a huddle is, but there may be an awful lot of our listeners who've got no idea what you mean by a huddle. And in, can I say that in our social distancing language, a huddle might not be such a good thing? <laughs> sure. Now, we're actually not in physical contact, Charlotte, <laughs> but we are in the same room. I uh, should say morning meetings. So they're quick, sharp, short and sweet, 10 minutes, 15 minutes to plan out the day, what's happening, who needs what done and, you know, who needs what uh, in terms of assistance and what are we going to do and what are, what are the calls coming through and so on. So they're basically team meetings, but very sharp and very sweet and not necessarily with any particular agenda. Fantastic. Um, my highlight of the week is I've got a little boy who's just started in kindergarten this year and he came home and gave me a big demonstration of all the different ways that you can say hello to somebody without having to shake their hand and he had about five or ten different ways that he'd been taught 
yesterday at school that you could say hello to someone and it was absolutely beautiful wonderful so i guess what i was hoping you could start us off doing wally was actually just describe specifically at your practice what systems changes you've implemented and why sure well i mean it's a work in progress like everybody isn't it really we can't really say that we've uh hit the mark on anything but change. So our our practice, again, just to recap, is moderate-sized practice. We've got capability of about seven or eight full-timers, you know, made up of various part-time doctors uh, and full-time doctors and staff and reception team and so on and nurses. So we've got a couple of people off, so we're a bit short at the moment, but nevertheless, we're busy like everybody fielding calls. So it was very evident right from the beginning that this will change the way we work. So for us, we've decided, we've come together and decided that, you know, we, we're very glad to have the use of telehealth uh, item numbers. We've had been a little bit used to treating patients remotely insofar as we're a healthcare home and we've got 300 patients enrolled. So we've, for the last couple of years now, those 300 patients haven't been, re- haven't been restricted to um, any particular face-to-face model. They obviously still come in, but we do treat them remotely. Up to yesterday, we had not really embraced video consultations. We've done a lot of email and telephone consultations. So over the weekend, our senior doctors and partners and I came together and we've had worked out a couple of things. We've taken it right from the front desk, when and how and who should come into the practice. So we've decided that over the next three, four weeks, we're going to ramp things up so that at least we envisage that one in three of our patients would not have to come in and will be treated remotely. And to get to that point, it really does mean changing the workflow completely. So we've drawn up and testing, as we speak, a triage protocol that the receptionists embark on, asking patients what they're coming in for, asking patients, you know, triaging as to their, you know, COVID-19 risks, their chronic disease risks and what and why they're coming in, and then going down the pathway of offering them a telephone or video consultation if the patients feel that's apt to do so, and uh, if obviously if they need any physical examination, they need to come in. So it depends a little bit about the patient, but we are screening out high-risk COVID patients and referring them directly for testing or treating them over the phone or video. To do that, we've had to obviously um, bring everyone together and see how they feel, and we're adapting that. We've made one or two adaptations in the last 24 hours, and we're running with it, particularly with the uh, instituting video consultations, we're running with only two or three doctors to start with before rolling out the whole practice later this week. So... At a system level, at a practice, I think it's very important to think in a flow, in steps, and take it one step at a time, but nevertheless move quickly under these circumstances and test things out with a couple of people before embarking uh, mayhem on everybody else. It's very easy to jump in and just do it. That's how we're trained. That's how we work. But it's very important to step back and take a big picture view of what you're trying to achieve and why and then taking little steps and instituting flow charts to flow in the workflow to make incremental but nevertheless rapid changing and tests um, throughout the system and the practice. So Wally, I should jump in there and let everybody that's listening know that the RACGP is planning on releasing some flow charts to help practices and people may have already seen that their PHNs are doing the same to assist in that sort of workflow. How have you found that you're going to adjust in relation to the billings, given that the 
telehealth consultation items are a roughly a 50% discount of a face-to-face consultation that might be a private fee. Yeah, look, I mean, for us, it isn't that much different because our private billings are not, not large. We, we generally bulk bill, so that's just our business model. So for us, it hasn't made a big difference, but certainly with a lot of people, it will. The way I see it is it's about efficiencies and scale. And if, if you're able to scale this up and make it really efficient, you can actually treat a lot more patients remotely than, than necessarily taking up a 15 or 30 minute slot. Obviously, people will need longer consultations and, and your absolute capability to do that on the uh, over the internet. So it depends on the problems that you're seeing. In this particular circumstance, for lack of a better word, pandemic and emergency, which we're in, I'm sure a lot of practices are finding that a lot of consultations are questions around COVID, questions around risks, assessments of minor ailments, because that's what we're dealing with here in the vast majority of uh, cases, assessments of uh, triaging for testing, and then referral for testing if they're not doing the testing themselves. So that process can be done reasonably simply without the patient needing to come in into the practice. The first time you do it, it's going to take longer, but as with most things, you'll find you get a little bit quicker and more efficient uh, as time goes on. So Wally, I'm interested in not just the sort of the idea of the triaging for the acute COVID. I'm also interested in the setting up of the system for those patients that we don't want exposed to anybody with COVID. You know, particularly knowing that we have a pretty well-defined criterion of who can qualify under the Medicare billing. What sort of system do you have in either pre-identifying those patients and making sure they have a choice about whether they want to come in or not? And is that done at reception? You know, what level is it done? And how are you letting everybody know what's what's your system around that? Again, that's certainly one of the things that we've done over the weekend, actually. So what we've done, we have a database of 8,000 active patients or thereabouts. Six and a half thousand of those, we've collected their email address and consented to them receiving emails from us. So it was very easy to write a short paragraph outlining what we're doing to manage this pandemic, how we are there to help and serve our patients. And now with the government's announcement, we are there and capable of serving our patients in many different ways. And we put then a link to our website. And in our website, we've written up page, around a page of information outlining the measures, availability of bulk billing telehealth items, what is telehealth, what sort of things telehealth is appropriate for, what sort of things telehealth is not appropriate for, and how that can go about ringing and booking in. Basically, we've let patients know via an email campaign, reference to our website, information on our website, and the rest in terms of the technicalities, we're going to leave it up to the staff at the front desk to book people in. We haven't got to the stage where patients can book online for a telehealth consultation. That's probably three, four weeks away in terms of our workflow and how we're going to do that. But um, So we're manually booking patients in for telehealth consultations, but letting patients know, in fact, if you were a lesson in systems, we wrote, I wrote the email and sent it out on the weekend on Sunday night kind of forgot to tell my receptionist because they didn't obviously check their emails uh, (laughs) over the weekend. 
So it hadn't reached our huddle yet. And at 10 past eight, the first patient rang in and said, yes, I'll have that, please. <laughs> she said, what are you talking about? So yes, so we had to work quickly on Monday morning to fill everybody in. Yes, so lesson number X is make sure everyone on the team knows what you've just done. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I'm particularly interested in specifics of what you're actually using to do your telehealth and why you've chosen to do it that way. Okay, sure. Um, look, we're still testing it. Literally, this is uh, day two. There's a company called, aptly called, CoView. Don't laugh. That is their actual name, um, which they had long before COVID. Pre-existing? Yeah, <laughs> yes, pre-existing. Yes, how good's that? C-O-V-I-U. Uh, looked them up. They're an Australian company and a couple of hitches that we're still trying to sort out, but it works really, really well. All the patient has to do is you can text or email them a link from reception. They enter a reception waiting room, are answered by reception, put back into the waiting room, and then transfer to the doctor's room. It's that simple. And as long as you have an internet and camera and sound on your device, you can conduct consultations that way. Obviously, it's not for everybody. I mean, you need to choose your person. Obviously, telephone's the easiest by far. But actually, there's a lot of benefit in seeing the patients, you know, live on camera, seeing their expression, looking, you know, how you can tell how someone looks just by looking at them sometimes in terms of how sick they are. But there's a lot to add by adding video. There really is, and I'm a big fan already. Practices using a different one but sounds similarly very easy and uh, it's amazing how all the GPs are all just going oh wow this is so easy and it, ours is called GP consults and you get on gpconsults.com.au again at this point in time while we're trialing it it's free for us to use as a platform we just on our web browser put in their phone number it's an sms to their mobile phone and then they click on the link and it goes in and you can actually message backwards and forwards if there's any issues from the web browser to the phone look you know i think there is going to be a lot out there it's a matter of go and find one but the nice news is so far and i think universally i have heard nothing but that those platforms are actually really easy to use yeah, I think the ones that are medically designed are designed with adequate security and, and they're kind of in terms of a workflow of a consultation. I mean, you could use Zoom and all sorts of things. I mean, look, there's a lot of worry about security and, and that's a real worry. Obviously, the essential things are that they adhere to Australian privacy principles, that the servers are preferably on Australian soil and that the data isn't videos aren't recorded or stored anywhere so that really is probably to me one of the three most important questions that i had to go through where are you based what do you store what don't you store and how secure are the interfaces so the ones that are medically based from what i've seen work well in that workflow business-based video platforms probably work reasonably well but the usual casual ones they're just not built for consultations so the advice being make sure it meets the security guidelines, that you've got the privacy that you need and preferably um, meeting Australian security standards and Australian-based as always where we can. Yeah, it's exactly the same principles as um, any other electronic communication, whether it's video or whatever. There are sort of certain minimum sort of guidelines and as long as they have on there that we abide by the Australian privacy principles and don't collect information and what information they collect and how they use it, they're the crucial things that you need to worry about. Great. 
So at the end of a podcast, we usually like to wrap up with our pearl of the week. So Charlotte, you've given us your pearl of GP Consult being the web browser you recommend people to go and have a look and we'll add that to the show notes. And Wally, you're using CoView as your um, resource in your workplace and that's working really well. Ash, did you have any pearl or resource that you've found recently? I think just useful to reflect back to the resource that I mentioned earlier, which is the North Coast Primary Healthcare Network has developed some flowcharts for telehealth and look out for your emails in the bulletins about future RACGP telehealth flows. So I just wanted to say they're amazing. We're going to be launching a risk stratification to assist in knowing how to manage patients with COVID-19 and when to refer them into hospital. And will that be released with the RACGP nightly emails? Because that was going to be my pearl of the day, is that we are now getting our emails every night and they actually have been fantastic and relevant and they're great to start getting them out to everybody. Yes, those will be on those emails. So watch this space. Great. Thank you, everybody, for coming along.